MLS Aces episode 152. This is your host, Tom Sweezy. Guys, this is going to be a little interesting, different episode tonight. Jason and Sam are not with me, but I was able to get a hold of Bobby Edwards, goalkeeper for FC Cincinnati. If you guys don't remember, Bobby was on the podcast a few episodes ago, had a great conversation with him about his career and kind of him ending up in Cincinnati. Um, Bobby and I get it, get into it this episode talking about, um, you know, some racial stuff going on around FC Cincinnati and how he has been a, a vocal leader, um, definitely in kind of giving the platform to some of his teammates who can maybe definitely speak better about things going on, um, you know, with these racial issues. Um, we also get into training and preparing for MLS is back 2020 or COVID cup, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then we also talk about life inside the bubble, what he's been doing, what his teammates have doing kind of what it's like day to day so that is everything going on with this episode but i do just want to get on a few news and notes around major league soccer because a few big things have happened and i kind of just want to touch on those very quickly if you guys have not seen for the la galaxy jonah dos santos is going to be missing um covid cup 2020 uh, i think he's having a surgery so galaxy will definitely definitely miss him um, for TFC, their rookie winger, Achara, he will be missing the rest of this season um, altogether. I think he tore his ACL. He was someone who I was really excited to um, watch and everything like that. So completely bummed that I won't see him. Um, and you guys should be too because he's a, he's a big time player. And I think someone who's going to come out of nowhere for TFC in the future. Um, Eichel Parra, he did not travel to Orlando with Minnesota United. He is having his own surgery, and he is going to be taking his time to get things together. Uh, left back for the San Jose Earthquakes, Marcos Lopez. He's having surgery, and I don't know if he's traveling to Orlando with the guys as well. So that's going to be a pretty big blow because depth is going to be important, right? Um, for Atlanta United, they signed Mexican international winger Jurgen Dom from, uh, I think it was a free move because he was a free agent, but Dom most recently played at Tigres and Liga at Mekis. Um, I mean, Dom has played a lot. He's 27. He has almost 270 games under his belt, 18 goals and 31 assists. Just in general, if you guys don't know much about it, Dom is a winger. I don't know how skilled he is at getting the ball in the box and finishing, but the guy is a big-time crosser. He knows how to put in a good cross into the box. I don't know how that really fits with Atlanta United in my head, um, whether that is going to be PT getting off the wing, getting back into the midfield, or maybe playing next to Barco, something like that. Um, maybe it could work, right? Maybe he's a Tito Vialba replacement type player. Um, I don't hate the move. I think it's a good move. I just don't think it's a great move. I've, I've seen a lot of people on social media and everything kind of hyping up this move a lot. I like it. I don't love it. To me personally, I had um, Dom going to the LA Galaxy after reports that Jurgen Dom was heading to Major League Soccer came out. Uh, on a post on MLSAces.com, uh, I kind of put together a whole list of who could replace Alexander Katai with the LA Galaxy, and Dom was definitely one of them. So I'm kind of disappointed not to see Dom go to the LA Galaxy because I really feel like he could have been a good fit there with Pavone and Chicharito on that front line. But he's going to Atlanta. Uh, maybe he can help out and maybe he can figure out how to score some goals in Major League Soccer and be Yosef's replacement for this. Don't know if we're going to see him in COVID Cup, but we'll see about that. 
The Colorado Rapids, they signed Colin Warner. Colin Warner is back in Major League Soccer. If you guys don't remember Colin Warner, um, big time with the Montreal Impact, TFC, Real Salt Lake, Houston Dynamo. He's back, um, so he's going to be giving some veteran depth to the Rapids. And in a you know a move to go along with that, the Rapids and Sam Nicholson, winger Sam Nicholson, mutually agreed to terminate his contract. So Nicholson, who's only 25, kind of actually really picked up his play last season and I was really excited to see him pick up his play um I guess just things didn't work out for him with the Rapids so now he's gone on two MLS teams and we'll see if he hits a third or see if he heads back to um Europe so we'll see about that um Josh Sims who was on loan from Southampton to the New York Red Bulls he is going back to Southampton his loan with the Red Bulls is done and the Red Bulls I guess are not choosing to extend the loan or sign him permanently so Josh Sims um the 23 year old winger from Southampton is heading back he only had 10 games under his belt for the Red Bulls and I think he was a young DP so that clears up some roster options for the Red Bulls and lastly Leandro Gonzalez Perez LGP is back he is back in Major League Soccer, but not with Atlanta United. If you guys remember last year, or I think this past offseason, whatever it may have been, Atlanta United sold, L sold LGP to uh, Club Tijuana and Liga Mekis. Um, had a pretty successful spell there. He had 14 games and he scored three goals in that time. You know, LGP, we do know him as a guy who likes to get up into the attack, be a little dangerous with the ball at his feet, but also maybe lose the ball from time to time. Um, but he scored some goals in Liga Mekis. He scored, I think, in his first ever game for Tijuana as well. Uh, but I think some red cards did pile up for him and Inter-Miami has decided to reach out to Tijuana, pick him up, and sign him. And since LN United did sell him to Tijuana, they there is no like discovery rights or anything like that because it was a clean sale. So LGP is back, probably going to play next to uh, Figal for Inter-Miami. I'm excited to see how that goes because both Figal and LGP have some uh, tendencies and some some question marks about how dangerous they like to be with the ball at their feet and how much they like to dribble up the field and maybe potentially lose the ball in big games so we'll see I think that uh there is a lot of talent between the two of them I think that is without a doubt like 100% true there's a ton of talent between Figal and LGP but how much is it really going to work out if they make some silly mistakes I really hope they don't because I am a big 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 um lgp fan he's my guy he's my guy on instagram um so we'll see how that goes and i think the last thing that i can talk about before we get into me and bobby edwards is philadelphia union striker Corey burke who is out on loan um if you guys don't remember Corey burke had some visa issues getting back into the country and everything like that he was initially loaned out to portmore united in jamaica and then when he couldn't get back in the country due to some visa issues he went and joined saint polton um for the rest of the season and he had a pretty i think he scored like four or five goals for saint polton um in his last like 10 or 10 or so games there so over in europe scoring goals he's coming back for the philadelphia union i don't think he is going to be um making the covid cup 
roster. So um, unfortunate there. But I'm a big Corey Burke guy. I really like him. Maybe he gets loaned down to the Union too when he gets some games there um, in the USL Championship. But we'll see. So that's all I got, guys, for the news around Major League Soccer heading into this conversation. Like I said, again, it's going to be me and Bobby Edwards, goalkeeper for FC Cincinnati, just talking about um, you know some of the things happening around FC Cincinnati, um, the training and everything like that, and then kind of what life's been like in the bubble down in Orlando. So sit back and enjoy this episode, guys. MLS Aces episode 152. This is your host, Tom Sweezy. And this week, I am not joined by Jason or Sam. They're AWOL this week. But we decided to fill them in with a pretty big, uh, big big uh fill in you got goalkeeper bobby edwards bobby back on for the second time that's like an honor because i can't tell you the last person that's been on more than two times besides me jason or sam well listen it's always amazing to be here man so uh, i mean i absolutely would never turn on the opportunity to be on so thank you for having me it's it's uh, definitely a highlight for sure well i mean you know you've been on here now you've been on you ain't lying with nate and travis so you've been bouncing around the mls aces uh the bubble th- that bubble a little bit for sure. I mean, absolutely. Listen, the reality is, and I know I'm a professional soccer player, so it's a bit cheesy, but look, I'm a fan <laughs> of the game and a fan of this league for sure. So I love to talk it. I love to, you know, get to, to speak with everyone and, and, you know, hear what's going on and, and just be a, a fan, you know? I mean, exactly. And I think that's the nice part about like talking to you and talking to some other players who like just treat the game and treat like, you know, what even like you know an independent like someone like me or Nate or Travis or whoever does is just like you're fans of the game talking about the game of soccer and that's the cool thing um and another cool thing that I saw I think this was a few weeks ago now but Porta Town they won they're getting promoted there they won yes. the division yes yes that was uh super exciting you know obviously for me and then the boys back over there but it was uh it was just such a chaotic thing it, it, the season had been concluded stopped like three months uh, ago and then it just been delaying delaying i think they were honestly the only country left in europe that hadn't decided what their deal was whether mm. they were going to go back to playing or not uh and it was just kind of becoming uh, just chaos uh but officially they decided to end it uh what the math there was only about six games i left but um you know the the, the porter down was doing extremely well so uh, I'm so happy about it. You know, it's a special thing for me. You know, first year as a pro, it was my first contract, uh, and to to get some silverware, it's uh, it's a really meaningful <laughs> thing. So really cool. I mean, that's a congratulations to you. Congratulations to them over there. I know that obviously the entire world's been affected by COVID and quarantining and everything going on. But has there been any small celebrations with the guys over there that you heard? Oh, I mean, yeah, they're gonna they're hopefully doing a trophy presentation in the coming weeks. I mean, they've obviously kind of gotten together and you know privately and been able to kind of celebrate. Um, you know, it's a it's a whole different thing over there. You know, this is the life and the blood of the entire country, um, and so this means so much to to not just the players but the entire you know the town of Portadown. So it's uh, definitely been um, a good time of celebration over there. Uh, I I got a FaceTime from. Uh, you know, a supporters group I'm close with. The the day was announced, and they were already uh, enjoying some beverages in their <laughs> celebratory ways. But yeah, I mean, it's it's great for them. I couldn't be happier. Did you have your own beverage? At least one beverage to I, celebrate the uh, the the trophy. I I didn't have any alcoholic beverages. It's, it's literally happened at perhaps you know the worst time because yes. we were getting ready to go. Uh, but I, I cracked myself a, a can of Sprite and pretended to, to post <laughs> the cheesiest, stupidest thing. But I definitely, um, I'm hoping at some point, you know, obviously there's a lot going on, but 
uh, at some point when the season's concluded later on and hopefully things die down with COVID, you know, to get over there and to, to celebrate properly with them because I put in all that work and it was an, an extremely important thing. And then, you know, you want to be able to celebrate it properly with them. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Well, I'm going to take the the good feelings and I'm going to quickly turn to something that maybe isn't the best of feelings lately. And I mean, you've been very outspoken about it on Twitter and um, I would definitely want to hear from you about it. And I know, like you said, um, in our you know private messages that you're very passionate about this. So I want to give you the, the platform to talk about it. Um, since last time we talked, racial issues and the murder of George Floyd and everything else that's happened have escalated and have gone up. Right. And it's it's something that we've been wanting to talk about on this podcast. It's something that we've, you know, voiced the support of the Black Players Coalition that um, Major League Soccer, um, you know, some of their players have put out. And Zach Steffen's voice now, I know that that's been an awesome platform mm-hmm. that I've seen grow and everything like that. Um, I mean, you are a person that comes from a background of having f- close friends and playing with um, people of color. So I want to talk to you and get your point of view about everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, you hit the nail on the head when, you know, we, you know, we said I'm, I'm passionate. It's, it's a subject that I hold very close to my heart uh, and one that is, is much bigger than my career. Um, you know, at some point, everyone hangs up the boots. Um, and when that day comes for me, I'd rather be remembered as somebody who stood on the right side of, of, of history and, and rather than just a good soccer player. Um, but for me, you know, it's, it's it's an extremely tense issue, and it's one that needs to be handled delicately, but it's one that needs to be handled. Uh, it's not one that you can sweep under the rug and because it makes you uncomfortable because there are these tensions there that we don't address. Um, so it's been, although a very, you know, sad in a lot of ways and chaotic time through the last couple of months, uh, what I do think is I think that this is something that's happening for long-term positivity. You know, there are things that are going to come from this that will be good. Um, you know, we talk about racial equality and, and all these these things that need to happen. Uh, and the longer we go without addressing them, no matter how uncomfortable it makes everyone feel, the longer they're going to continue. And then that's just not all right. So um, although I have a very small platform in the big scheme of things, uh, whatever platform I do have, it's my responsibility to voice um, whatever I can to promote uh, equality across the board. So that's pretty much been um, something that I've you know, I try to do every day. Uh, so it's it's kind of been something I live by. No, and I mean, I agree with you. I think it's working through that uncomfortable feeling. It's almost embracing that uncomfortable feeling and having those open conversations about everything going on. Um, you know, your feelings, what you don't know, what you want to learn more about. And I think that's really it is kind of just learning more and then taking what you've learned and then changing that into action, right? And positive action towards a positive future. And I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, and I mean, we saw it. I mean, I saw it at least just because I am, you know, I see your Twitter. I see Travis and Nate and everyone kind of on the FC Cincinnati side of things. But there was a fan recently from FC Cincinnati that tweeted out some some gross stuff. And I mean, there's probably better words for it than gross. But I mean, I know that you were openly against it on Twitter and everything like that. And I mean, I think how do you handle that as a player of the team kind of that that fan is a fan of quote unquote is a fan of right but isn't a fan of like the players on the team doing things or like speaking out it's 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 an odd kind of feeling there yeah i mean it it was it, i i remember i i saw the tweet late at night while we were down here uh and i was honestly very tired at that point and was getting ready for bed it was a very long day 
Um, and then immediately, as soon as I read it, I just had this uh, overwhelming amount of emotions come over, a lot of rage, anger, uh, and then sadness. I mean, you know, it. no matter what it's about, whether it was about my teammates or not, um, it was such a vile thing to say uh, that would cause you to get angry. But then to also add in the fact that, you know, these guys are not just my teammates, but my friends, they're the guys that I'm closest with here in Cincinnati, uh, and they're personally attacking them based on the color of their skin. It it's infuriating and it's it's horrible and despicable and it it really set me off um and it it was it's one thing you just you have to you have to address this i mean there was a there was a thing that i you know we we as professional athletes uh have voices and to make sure we know how to use them in the proper ways and sometimes you know you don't want to necessarily give the light to to somebody who's spewing hate because they live for that like you don't want to help your platform promote their voice uh but in the same aspect of what we spoke earlier you know we have to address the fact that this is going on and put a stop to it um which is something like right before i kind of you know spoke about it i didn't know if i wanted to quite honestly promote his horrible side of it uh but then i i realized that you you need to address the fact show the fact that look this still is very much existing in this world and closer than we'd like to believe uh and this needs to stop now so yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, social media is a powerful tool. Um, I try to use it in uh, the best way possible for everything. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was a negative um, single action by one individual. But what I will say, and I'm always trying to, like, the, the half, you know, the glass half full kind of guy, is that there was such a positive outpouring of support from the fan base who all came together in just overwhelming ways to support our players of color and to back them. And then to make sure that they were they were condemning uh, this one fan, and then you know you obviously see the club quickly come in and swiftly act and ban him, which was you know really well done. So it was I like to take those positives away from what was a one negative experience. Exactly, and I think that you know you're handling that perfectly, and I think that that's the best way to handle it. Is this was a gross act, tweet, social media has its positives, but there's also the negatives out there such as that. And, you know, seeing the outpour that you've shown, your teammates have shown, um, other fans and the club in general has shown, I think that that is a, you know, an amazing positive step for FC Cincinnati as a whole, for the FC Cincinnati community and everything like that. So I do want to say that, you know, I think you have been an amazing voice in all of this. um, And I want to give you that credit. So, um, you know, of course. I definitely, yeah, I appreciate it. But, you know, my also, you know, one thing is that I don't want to, I always try to make sure I'm never speaking on anyone else's behalf, you know, mm-hmm. like to, to put it candidly, like, let's, you know, get real. I'm, I'm a white man. Um, mm-hmm. And so I would never, ever, I want to amplify, you know, Fatai, Joe, these guys that have spoken out, let them say their, their side of it and then speak uh, only on behalf of things that I can speak on. So it's a very gentle balance. It's one I think about a lot. You can probably tell. Um, yeah. but, but definitely one that, um, getting better as it goes along, you know, with experience, everything gets better. Exactly. As two white guys talking, we're never going to know, you know, some of the exactly. harsh truths and realities of everything, but it's doing your best to, to give the platform and give the voice to people who can speak out on it even better than us. And also for us to learn and grow and develop is treating everyone like a human being. Cause at the end of the day, like that's my mindset is like, if you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. If you're a dick to me, you're, I'm going to be a dick to you type of thing. Like I'm just very human being to human being. And that's, exactly. that's how I try to live my life. But yeah, 
I think we can move forward past this topic and we can talk about MLS is back or as like I keep calling it COVID Cup 2020. Um, <laughs> how has it been down in the bubble in Orlando? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been crazy. You know, it's um, obviously a lot of excitement, a lot of nerves going into it. Um, but now that we're here, it's it's been a good experience thus far to just be able to train to to kind of settle in. Um, obviously, it's a day by day thing. Um, you know, it's obviously a, a little nerve wracking to kind of read a couple of the reports about some of the players that have unfortunately gotten it. Um, but, you know, the league is is handling it and, you know, we're doing well as a club and pretty much the same thing that, you know, goes for soccer in general is you, you control what you can control. So at this, you know, at this standpoint, everybody's just, you know, making sure that they're practicing the best um, guidelines that we can. I mean, masks are on at all times, social distancing, you know, the whole nine yards at this point. Um, but it's, it's been a, it's been an experience that I didn't think I would have in my rookie year. Um, <laughs> you know, again, the, the, the glass half full type approach, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's one way to start a, start a career out for sure. So, you know, it's, again, you know, we're monitoring as it goes on, but spirits are high, obviously the same way that the fans are excited about, playing seeing games i mean that's the same way that we're feeling about getting to play we've been sidelined for you know however long at this point and you know i think there's a collective feeling of we're just ready to to, to compete again to get back into the place that play the sport we love uh so that's kind of been the general consensus thus far i was gonna say uh, and you don't have to give any specific examples of anything like that or even like on your team or off your team but Clearly, everyone who made the trip to Orlando made a conscious decision to to do this. They're all in, um, and they want to play soccer. You know, um, you said this before that you are a single white guy. Uh, not you're well, we said white guy before, but you're a single yeah. guy, right? You yes. have no real responsibilities at home, and like you know, this was an opportunity for you to play soccer. Do you see any like people who are a little nervous about maybe going back home to a family or a significant other or you know their close family or anything like that? I mean, well, of course, I mean, everyone is nervous and everyone's nervous for their own reasons and validly so. Um, you know, obviously, my nervousness isn't necessarily, is my wife and kids going to be okay? And that obviously would take precedence over anything. Um, so I obviously think I'm better off in terms of what I have to worry about. Um, but I mean, it's, look, in the world we live in, there's no way to eliminate all risk. Um, and that was kind of the, the understanding. That's just the reality of, of what this is. Um, and in terms of, you know, there was a lot of discussion going into this. This wasn't just something that, you know, happened one day and we said, okay, we're going to go. It was a long um, time frame where it was a lot of dialogue between the league, between the players, um, back and forth. Uh, so many Zoom calls to the point where it got a little <laughs> bit annoying. Um, and, you know, it was every player kind of came to it with their own terms. Uh, and so, you know, now we're here, we knew what we, we signed up for. And, you know, most importantly, what, you know, like I said before, we're, we're excited to play. Like that is the one thing, uh, obviously, you know, we're, we're doing our best to, you know, minimize that risk to, to keep it as low as possible. Um, but again, just to not be repetitive, but control what you can control. Uh, mm. and that's what we're doing at this point for sure. So, I mean, FC Cincinnati in specific also had a very interesting transition from, you know, like not playing, being quarantined to some individual training to group trainings to getting on a plane and going to Orlando. You guys went through a head coaching change and everything like that. 
How has Yapstam been? How has he been with everything going on? Like, I know he didn't even get to America right away due to obviously travel restrictions and everything like that. Um, you know, how has he been initially with the training in Cincinnati? And then I guess kind of getting everyone together to go to Orlando. Yeah, I mean, it's been great. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, I mean, look, to be really, to be real, I would have never thought in my wildest dreams that I would one day play under Yapstam. I mean, that's just, <laughs> it's crazy to me. Um, but obviously it, there were a lot of hurdles that, you know, the club had to overcome in order to get him here and to do it. And, you know, I think that they've done a fantastic job. Um, and to, you know, it speaks to the, the pedigree that not only just our club, but the league is moving in is because you, I, you know, I talked to um, Travis and Nate the other day and I said, look, you, if I would have told you five years ago that Yapstam would be the head coach, I, I you, there's no way you believe me. Um, and I, I think that speaks to just general, you know, the soccer culture here uh, taking off. Uh, but yeah, Yap has been fantastic. You know, obviously, I mean, what can I say? To, you know, he, I don't need to speak on his behalf. I mean, you just you can go to his Wikipedia page and <laughs> look at every award he's ever won. I mean, this this man is one of the best to ever play. Um, so you know, it's just been a really it's an honor and a privilege to kind of learn from him. Uh, and you know, all the players are just trying to soak up as much as. As we can, obviously, the circumstances aren't ideal in terms of, you know, you'd like to go through a full preseason and then play your competitive games, but this is the reality of the situation we're in. And and Yap is has done a fantastic job in in handling these situations and uh, transitioning nicely. And and what I will say, uh, which I mentioned again on Travis and Nate's podcast, uh, was that uh, you know, obviously. Th- Yap is known for his intimidating presence on the field. That's what he he known for. It kind of looks like the scary scary type, but he's just such a actually genuinely good guy and funny uh, off the field. And you know he still demands that intensity and quality when we're on the pitch. But a really you know great guy to be around um, makes everyone feel comfortable. So very much enjoyed it, and I'm definitely looking forward to the future. So how aware was Yap and even the guys in the locker room about the uh, the social media faux pas of announcing him as um, someone else? Yeah, I mean, we were we were definitely aware of it. And, and um, you know, it, it was one thing that, uh, you know, listen, it is what it is, right? I mean, um, I had a fun yeah, time I, with it. I'll tell you. Yes. That. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, a lot of people did. And, and for sure. And again, look, I'm going to make another analogy being to the glass half full. I tell you what, by that happening, uh, word got out much further that Yap Stam is the head coach of FC Cincinnati than ever would have been before. So we can look at it as a, as a marketing genius play on behalf of our club because, yes. you know, this is great news. So at the end of the day, that's the point that got driven home. So, uh, but no, Yap had a, had a good sense of humor about it. Um, you know, it, listen, it's a, it's a mistake. Um, I've made so many mistakes man i mean that's just the reality of it it doesn't take away from anything that you know he's here uh the fact that we're we're getting to play and learn from him and push the club forward so it's uh you know it's just one of the things that and come however far off we're just gonna look back on it and laugh and it was uh it's a memory at that point I mean, I absolutely love MLS Twitter. Like, I think MLS Twitter is very underrated. Like, everyone talks about, like, NBA Twitter being, like, full of drama and everything. MLS Twitter is just fun, and it's a ton of fun, and that definitely added to it that uh, that specific time. But um, now, kind of looking to on the field, right, you guys got a pretty tough draw with group, um, the group that you're in with uh, Columbus, the Red Bulls, and Atlanta. 
How do you guys feel as a team heading into this tournament? Obviously, if everything goes smoothly, cases, you know, continue to hopefully die down. Um, and, you know, I mean, you guys have to be feeling good. You've been down there pretty early getting some training in. Yeah, I mean, again, there's a real buzz and excitement about it. Um, you know, looking at the group, obviously, Atlanta Red Bull, those are the two teams we had played this season. Uh, and then, obviously, the derby match between us and Columbus. You know, that's a... That's a pretty cool group to get drawn into. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, like I said, although we played Red Bull and Atlanta uh, in the beginning of the season, to me and to the, probably the rest of the players, they all agree, it, it feels like a lifetime ago. You know, I, I don't really like the idea of this being, you know, compared to the same thing because so much has happened in this gap of time uh, that's been out of our control that this definitely feels kind of like a restart. Um, you know, obviously a lot's changed on our half. Uh, but it, it's an exciting time. You know, you, you want to be able to play exciting matches. You want to be, you know, competing with, with teams that are, are, are fun to watch. You know, that's, that's the whole point of the game. And, and to obviously have, you know, the Columbus Derby, which, which is, a, is a big one for us and our fans. And then obviously the likes of Atlanta and Red Bull, which are two teams that are regularly contending for the playoffs. Um, it's, it's, a good, it's a good group to get drawn into. Uh, and I think that the uh, the fans are definitely excited to watch the game, as am, as am I. <laughs> and I was going to say, you know, last time you were on this podcast, we were talking a little bit about your arrival to Cincinnati and how, you know, you felt that you were behind Spencer and TT and learning from them and everything like that. Have you had any, you know, talks with Yop or any of the coaching staff about potentially, like, depth is going to be needed in this tournament, and I understand goalkeeper isn't the most, like, rotation-full position in soccer, but has there been any talks about you getting any minutes in this tournament? Uh, I, uh, unfortunately, no, and I mean, that's the reality of it, which I was pretty accepting of, you know, right away. I mean, that's, like you said, that's just how the goalkeeping aspect works. I mean, there's always going to be one that plays. There's one of them, then, you know, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. And then we're not running during the fields. So there's no need for a substitution. Um, but, you know, it's it's definitely one thing I've, in my career especially and through every steps I've gone through, I don't really get concerned too much about having to play immediately, having to, to be this this person um, because, you know, look, I'm, you could probably just play this podcast for like two different clips of me just saying the same thing over <laughs> and over, but. Again, control what you can control. You know, I can't control any of those things. Uh, I can only control my individual play, uh, and I'm not going to concern myself with, am I going to be playing? Am I going to be this? When do I get to it? Because it, it's just added pressure. You're looking down the line, and then you'll get tripped up here. So for me, it's just been one day at a time. Uh, you know, I've seen a consistent, steady progress in myself, uh, which I've been really, really pleased with, and I, I feel like a completely different player from when I had first arrived. So you know, it's one of those things that I just take it each day by day, uh, you know, and my time will eventually come. Um, but there's nothing I can do outside of controlling what I can control that will will make that happen. No, of course. I mean, I, look, I think that's not the mindset to have. I think personal growth. If you're saying you're getting better from even when you arrive, that's unbelievable in its own right as well. But you know what? I'm really pushing for you. If I see you on the field that you Bet your ass you're going to come back to your Twitter afterwards <laughs> and have like 80 tweets and mentions from him. So I'll let you know that. Oh, I appreciate it. it <laughs> Genuinely, I appreciate it. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about off the field in the bubble. 
what's the day to day like when you guys are not training? Like, are you guys just chilling in your own rooms? What's the quarantining like? You know, you said like early on, like you have to wear the masks. You know, we know the whole drill of everything you have to do. But what kind of like guidelines do you guys have as a team of like what you can do socially when you're not training? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, um, the reality is, is the whenever not training, you you always want to kind of limit contact. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a bubble, but you know you got to be smart. So. We're def- we don't really um, have much contact with other teams aside from passing uh, to and from the lobby for meals or meetings or whatever for the occasional hello. Um, but in terms of we all have our own room, uh, it's one floor. Uh, so every team will have their own floor, which is theirs. Um, and we're all just side by side. There's there's three rooms that are lounge areas, uh, which have a couple different um, you know games set up that we can kind of socialize in. Uh, but in terms of the regulations, uh, you have to have your your masks on. We've all been gotten our very fancy personalized face masks. So oh, whatever nice. club you're from, you have uh, your your club's logo uh, right on right on your face mask. <laughs> um, and then you, when you arrive, you are immediately brought in for testing as soon as you're off the bus. Um, so you'll get the COVID testing, and then you have to quarantine in the room until your tests come back. Your fingers crossed, negative. Um, and at that point, you are handed your credentials, which is a uh, very fancy uh, big card, which your, your name, your, your picture and all that, um, and which you have to have uh, at all times as well. So it's, uh, it's definitely been a crazy experience, but, you know, it's, um, it's one that, you know, we are doing our very best to uphold. So me personally, you know, I definitely don't go out too much and socialize outside of anything that I have to go out and do. Uh, I'm definitely more of the cautious type in terms of that. But yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a good time to just be around the guys as well and to still have that kind of preseason vibe where we're all uh, all together, which is nice. I was gonna say, like me personally, if I was in that, I'd probably be very cautious too, and like obviously do what I have to do, and you know, still be social where I can, but like definitely lay low at that times. But in those lounge areas, I feel like I saw that on some social media, probably like Inter Miami's, because MLS has been all over Inter Miami down there. Um, what kind of like it's just video games? I saw like there was like a video game in the corner, and it's just like kind of like a big lounge with a couch and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, pretty much they've just kind of um, adapted a couple of the, the the bigger rooms that can join, like the ones that you can get from one room to another uh, mm. via door in the middle. Um, and yeah, there's a couple of lounges. There's a ping pong table in one. Um, there's like a old kind of arcade game and some video games on the TV with just a, a lounge area. But even then, anytime you step foot out of your room, you have to have your mask on. Um, even if we're in the lounge or anything, um, pretty much the only time we can have our mask off or if we're in our own room, if we're at training or if we're trying to put food in our mouth. Um, so that's <laughs> like pretty much the only times. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a nice area that at least, you know, it, it offers that still, um, same kind of, you know, time to unwind with, with your friends and teammates, uh, while still, you know, as best we can respect the, the guidelines that were provided for our health and safety. I saw that someone was golfing today. Has you guys, have you guys had the opportunity to like even like get the chance to do that? Uh, I honestly don't know, and nor will I ever really find out because not a golfer. The sight, of, the sight of me in a golf course. I mean, I'll <laughs> go and I'll have a good time, but like, you know, if we're playing any kind of any, if we're going in teams and anything, you'll get very upset with me because <laughs> I'm just out there for a bit of laugh about seeing how far I can hit it into the weeds. Uh, 100%. It's, uh, it is not my sport to to play, unfortunately. But yeah, we haven't. 
heard anything about that, but um, I'm sure there are a couple golfers on the team. So if there's been some people golfing on other teams, I'm, I'm sure that a couple of the guys will be wanting to push that soon. I'm definitely with you on the golf track. Like, I would do it if I was down there. Um, I would just do it for, I mean, obviously, you can't do this. But when I golf, I typically just have a few beers, more than a few <laughs> beers, and, like, a few cigars in the entire time. And that's my time golfing. But, yeah, well, okay, I guess you can't do that down there. But, <laughs> <it's cool. laughs> but um, so the last few things I wanted to talk to you about was that, obviously, the famous Omar Gonzalez sandwich picture is out there. Can you give like any insight into the like? Do you guys have to pay for that? Like, what's going on with that sandwich meal thing? Yeah, well, it's it was the meal from when we initially arrived in quarantine um, because we obviously couldn't leave the room, so the room service was brought to us. Um, you know, I th- I'm pretty sure the clubs, each club will will pay for the meals, uh, so the, the players weren't personally paying for them. Got it. Uh, yeah, it, it it still apparently had a a very luxurious price tag associated with it um <laughs> but i mean yeah I, i've seen a lot of that stuff um look the reality is it wasn't a very appetizing meal it wasn't very good and it was just kind of a you know a little bit of a excessive price tag which which didn't make it feel any better but you know in terms of the the food the food has been very good uh, in my personal opinion i mean i'm not a very hard to please guy um but since then that was just the first two meals of when we had to get quarantined um but the uh the general consensus was a little bit uh they felt a little bit manipulated i mean if you read what the thing said it it, it sounded like i was about to have the the, the lunch and dinner of my life um <laughs> which wasn't quite that but no it's 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 been proved since then um which is good it's just tough because it's the you know everyone's tired they've flown in they've had their yeah. nose swabbed which is uncomfortable now they're locked in their rooms and they're hungry and then it's just like the worst time to have not a great meal. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's gotten much better. And look, I'm sure, like you said, everyone's stressed out a little bit. Everyone's also yeah. like a little paranoid a little bit. And, you know, Major League Soccer is probably trying to figure this out, you know, minute by minute, day by day, the same exact time, too. So I'm sure there's so much going on down there. It's it's absolutely insane. Um, and I don't think I asked you this final question that I that I was asking a lot of people on the podcast. And. For some reason, I got away like I got away from asking people from it for a few interviews now. But last week, I interviewed Chris Durkin, um, mm-hmm. talked to him a little bit. Very cool interview, very cool guy. Um, and I was able to get this question back up. So I'm going to ask you: You have you can go back in soccer history. You can go back to any point in soccer history. Your own. You can go back to the beginning of it, whatever it may be. You have your drink of choice, uh, whatever that may be, too. And you are sitting on the sidelines, sitting in the stands with by yourself, with your friends, your family, whatever the situation is that makes you most comfortable. What moment in soccer history are you going back to watch live in person? Wow, that's a, that is a good one. Um, that's a tough one to say. For me and, and my... Are we just saying in like in terms of my career or just in general, like all soccer history? It can be whatever you prefer. Your career, it could be soccer history. Last week, Chris Durkin switched it up on me and he went to into the future saying oh. he was watching the U.S. hold up a World Cup trophy. So, I mean, that switched it up on me. I don't know how to respond there, but this it's whatever you want, man. That's a good one. Um, for me, I'd, I'd probably say... Sorry about that. I'd probably say... There was a game back when I was in Northern Ireland, uh, which we were playing um, Nuri, uh, a team there that had, um, they were in the top uh, five, they were, they were a good side, um, and we were playing away, um, and 
we came out the game terrible. It was freezing cold Friday night game, uh, like freezing cold, um, which doesn't help my case of why I'd want to go sit in the stands and watch it. But <laughs> just bear with me here. Um, but we came out, uh, started very poorly, found ourselves down one nil off a pen, um, and. At that point, you know, you're looking around and saying, oh, my God, like, look, well, I'll, I'll get out of here with the draw. But got ripped into a little bit at halftime by our manager. And then we kind of came out, found our groove, uh, ended up going up 2-1. Uh, but for me personally, it was a special one because, the, you know, there were a couple saves that I, I made over there in Portadown, um, which were special ones uh, for many reasons. But there was one there that uh, was probably one of my, my better ones. Um, I just kind of ball got floated back post uh, header, and I was able to kind of just claw it off the line. Um, and then we ended up winning 2-1, but I remember that there were these fans, the, uh, the the other team's fans behind the goal that were just abusing me the entire game, which is the par. But I remember as soon as the game was over, I just turned around and gave it right back to them, which I rarely break that professional boundary, usually just don't acknowledge them. But like in that moment, there was so much energy. Um, so definitely would have loved for my mom and dad and, and the family to, to watch me make a save and then just ruthlessly give it to the fans. It was like... <laughs> mock it in their face you know that's i'm not sure they'd be as proud about that one but uh still would love them to see him that i would have loved to see what you did but i mean i can i can only imagine i can only imagine but i absolutely love that story man yeah i just gave him the old uh the gladiator are you not entertained behind him love it uh, they were they were unhappy to say the least <laughs> i'll tell you that much i love that i love that well bobby um i want to Thank you for coming on again, repeat, repeat guest. And I think there's only been like one or two of those, so I can really say thank you for that. Um, I really wish you guys at FC Cincinnati moving forward luck within the you know COVID Cup 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. You know it's always an honor. So great to speak with you and, and stay safe. And hopefully we'll have a good news coming out of Orlando for FC uh, very soon. Yes, Northern Irish Football League champion. <laughs> Bobby yes. Edwards, Bobby and Edwards. Then fingers crossed for the so-called COVID Cup, but I will, <laughs> I will call it the MLS's back cup once we win it. Yeah, so you have to say MLS's back cup. I can say COVID Cup. There's a yes, difference. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. Absolutely, pleasure, man. Bye.